health is about more than just staying fit. And with every year that goes by, I'm becoming more and more fascinated by how what we eat can impact our health and our potential, with a particular focus on gut health and the gut microbiome. It's not just what I eat either, it's how I eat too. It's all connected. That's why I've developed my own number one living drinks brand. Number One Living is based on this idea, the simple notion that by putting our well-being first and improving the quality of what we put into our bodies, we get more out of life. My range of kombucha drinks are full of bacterial life cultures, designed for a happy and healthy gut. They're sugar-free, vegan and naturally sourced, so you can feel great on the inside and enjoy life on the outside. Choose from refreshing raspberry, passion fruit or our award-winning ginger and turmeric kombucha. The number one living range is widely available in Sainsbury's, Holland and Barrett's and Boots stores and online at numberoneliving.com. Grab yours today. Okay, on with the show. To kick off this second series of I Am, we're getting back together with our friends at High Performance Podcast. A few years ago, I was invited by Jake Humphreys and Damien Hughes to join them on their show. I thoroughly enjoyed the experience, so we decided why not go there again to see what's changed in the way we see life, ourselves, how we perceive others, and of course, that magical power we possess to create. In the gap between the first recording when I didn't have a clue what a podcast actually was, and today when I'm already one series into my own, there's been plenty of shifts for me, especially in my understanding and my relationship with potential. The guys, they've been diving deeper and deeper into that same beautiful but seemingly elusive zone of genius. So we have plenty to share. We used this awesome little catch-up to swap insights and also took time to share a few clips from our own guest interviews too. On top of that, we just had a nice moment following our passion, letting the conversation go wherever it wanted to into some pretty surprising places. I've had lots of feedback from my first appearance on that uh, HPP, little abbreviation for you there. And I've had lots from you also regarding the first series of the I Am podcast. And I'm going to have a go at responding to them. I'll get to as many as I can throughout series two. So please keep them coming in. Just let me know your feelings and how it's all panning out for you in the comment section, if you wouldn't mind. There have been several questions coming in about getting into the now and how to remain in the now. What a huge question this is. One that every episode of I Am that we've done and will continue to do is investigating and hopefully shedding some light on. But the first thing that comes to mind for me is we need to realize just what a big undertaking this is. It's such a huge opportunity, one that is worth devoting everything we've got into because it's where all life exists. To understand it, the now this is, to understand the now, to join it, to immerse in it, to engage in it with such fullness it's not something that just comes about through some casual chat or you know a few thoughts on in the car on the way home. This is the real deal. In the now, we transcend limits and channel incredible intelligence. So that willingness to unlock it is key. I really don't feel that this is a side project kind of thing, something that we put on the back burner whilst we get back to reality. No, no, this is the secret to reality and to recognizing more and more of our true nature, I think. So the great thing by taking on the subject of the now in this little episode is that we can't help but bring into play other topics, things like dealing with stress, managing pressure, 
getting over doubts just to name a few and we've had questions on these and hopefully this will serve as a little bit of an intro into those and maybe a chance to challenge some of the present thinking around these uh, ideas so responses to questions about potential in my experience they don't come in solid black and white satisfying form potentials infinite it's boundless that's just like life and the most inspiring solutions are not ones that box it up into an easy to understand form they're ones that communicate directly with the same limitless essence within us they don't answer the question but rather more they burn the question away and instead bring awareness to what's already here within us that incredible yearning they turn us inwards rather than lead us outwards they ignite that inner drive to explore and reconnect to our curiosity our awe and our wonder if an answer puts out our fire then for me it's the dead end it's not our liberation the burning flames of that desire they need feeding the feeling of being in the zone for me is a sense of total involvement in life it's the dissolution of the line between life and the me that's living it we want to be in the now but when you think about it what else is there to life but the now what else can we be in as Bernardo Castrop one of our guests put it in the last of our first series of episodes he asked me has anyone or have you experienced the past or the future have you ever experienced anything but the now has there ever been a moment in your life in which the past was anything other than a memory no absolutely not has there ever been a moment in your life in which the future was anything other than an expectation no absolutely not of course my answer was no he put it quite clearly that we have memory and imagination and both of those belong to the here and now. It's impossible to have experienced a past or a future. So the past and the future are experiences now, right? The past is a memory you experience now, the future is an expectation you experience now. So when we take away those concepts of past and future, the term the now becomes, I guess, rather redundant. After all, it's just life. It's limitless possibility and an infinite intelligence in play. So to be in the now, do we not need to share these same qualities? The now has been seen, I think, as a time that we need to try and live in, like a difficult, ever-moving sweet spot that we have to, I guess, almost like running after a train, somehow keep the same speed and stay with it. But in, for me, it's actually not a time to live in, but a state to live through. And I think it's closer to our true nature state. So being in the now, for me, means being connected to life as life. And as so many of our guests have said, we just need to get out the way of life or out of our own way in order to fully experience the embracing of it. We're so desperately needing to understand life, to label it, to control it, to take credit or maybe more likely take blame for it, that we end up somehow deeply believing that we are something separate from life and we're trying to find a doorway back into it. Rupert Spirit in our first episode of series one he spoke about the capacity required to realize that this dimension of experience that we're we're so keen for so desperately looking for is right here now 
It's not something that's somewhere else or in the future that needs to be earned or unlocked through effort, struggle and sacrifice. It is who we are, always. It's something that simply needs to be realised, although simply is probably the wrong word because it can seem anything but, and that I really, really get. This, though, I think is kind of the point. To us, when we're not in the zone, and I've certainly got loads more experience of being not in the zone than I have of being in it, the zone seems so complicated when we're not there. When we're, when we're tense and, and disconnected, it feels so almost impossible and out of reach. But when we are in the now, in those blissful few moments we, we might be able to recall, when we are in the now, it just seems so effortless and obvious. It's like coming home in that beautiful flow state. It seems like getting stressed, that's the thing that seems impossible. The separate self, the one that's trying to live and stay in the moment, doesn't have a viewpoint or an attitude or habit. It is a viewpoint. It is all these things. So for me, living in the now is the permission to disentangle who I am from all the things that I've acquired. Yes, I might experience feelings and I have thoughts and I have a body and a mind. And as Sadhguru, another guest from series one, once said, what I have gathered can maybe be seen as mine, but it can certainly never be me. The very concept of trying to live in the moment comes from the idea that maybe I can sneak myself with all these add-ons and all these ideas and thoughts and conclusions and values, maybe I can sneak them into the now. But the now and the separate self, I think are, are perhaps incompatible. What is and what is not are struggling to mix. When we describe the experience of feeling at our absolute best, and I've asked so many people this question, I've never heard anyone talk about thoughts or thinking let alone stress or survival or tension or anything like that, you know, trying to control their way through that experience. I've only heard talk that refers to, and it's always a sense of freedom, of liberation, of effortless, of love, of connectivity, of a deeper knowing, a bigger picture, an ease, a coming home and all these things. It's a sense. In other words, it's just our best effort to explain something that we weren't actually present for. It's something mysterious that belongs to a different dimension to the one that we have to inhabit when we take ourselves out of it in order to think and analyse and then use finite language to portray this infinite incredibleness. This is what Me Too Steroni was talking about, I think, when she explained her take on those intense anxiety feelings and, I guess feelings of doubt and helplessness that we experience in the changing room minutes before heading out for the big match or that we experience just outside the door of the meeting room before a big presentation. And perhaps even more importantly, as our world becomes more and more virtual, we are using the same part of the brain that you use in that changing room before you go onto the pitch. And we are using it not because we are wondering what will happen next, not because we are trying to picture the future, but because almost every interaction right now is taking place in a virtual space, putting a great deal of load on our imagination. And if we exist within that realm, we are far more likely to imagine reality rather than experience it. And as I described before, as soon as you start living in an imaginary realm, 
your imagination sets the boundary for what frightens you, for your fears, for your boundaries. She puts it, this is the result of a conversation or a feedback loop, in her words, that's taking place between us and our own mind. And yet when we head out onto the field and when the whistle goes and the action starts, we feel so at home, so capable and so equipped for anything. And the switch from all that suffering and tension to a kind of liberated creative expression is simply the shift to a feedback loop or a conversation. And in this feedback loop, there's no opportunity for distrust or lack of self-worth. But as soon as the action stops again, then there's a little time to ponder outcomes and consequences and all these things that belong to the mind and its learnings. We return to that other feedback loop and we trigger both the need for guarantees and for thinking through the solutions simultaneously. Dr. Dave Orid, another one of our guests, really brought this to my attention when he explained his focus upon how he brings the energy of players and their attention, their awareness to their inner sensations, such as how the floor feels under our feet or our posture, how we're holding ourselves the looseness of our arms or our fingers for example and by communicating through the feeling realm and visualizing through that same realm too he's keeping us in that more relevant feedback loop that belongs to the present moment another interesting opportunity that's kept appearing or raising its head in these podcasts and this has come from guests such as joe van niekirk is that we can help to dissolve this boundary between us and life by devoting ourselves to things which don't serve that separate self and reinforce its boundaries the separate self has a need to understand everything to compete to prove itself and to survive and obviously I get it there is a very clear requirement for us to engage our minds in our best guesses of the future so we can plan and organize and ensure security we can look after our bodies maintain our health look after those we're responsible and care for but whenever applicable and whenever safe can we open up rather than close down? And this practice comes in many names and forms, but the common denominator is that none of these techniques or, or undertakings, none of them hold any value for the separate self. Acceptance, prayer, meditation, yoga, surrender, love, gratitude, mindfulness, awareness, relaxation, letting go, and sitting with our difficult emotions, which I guess a lot of this is what it's all about, sitting with these emotions in a loving and completely unconditional manner, rather than reacting to these emotions on behalf of the, the individual self and its agenda, now that's a challenge. It's a challenge and a half. But this is how we transcend, I think, suffocating and potentially lifelong cycles of limits when we're able to put distance between ourselves and our thoughts and feelings, then we recover this space. And in this space where we can find choice, expression and growth, we become more and more receptive, therefore, to inspiration, to intuition, to insights, to spontaneity and to a higher intelligence, all of which belongs to this new unknown space of, of exploration. It belongs outside of our compulsions, of our habits, our routines and our unconscious ways of automatically living. 
in this space we get to remember more of who we really are and naturally we gravitate to the now of what really is. Henry Fraser, again another one of our guests and a really inspirational one, he spoke beautifully in our chat about the power of acceptance for transcending resistance. One of the big things for me is understanding, I talk about, a lot about kind of my independent dependence. I rely on people to do most things for me, to you know, brush my teeth, feed me, dress me, wash me, all these things. But letting go of that, understanding that that's something that I can't do, that I can't control, I can tell them how to do it, but that's just part on parcel of my everyday life. It's allowed me to focus on the things that I can control, that I am me. I'm not, people can't be tenacious for me. People can't be creative for me. I'm not going to have people think for me. Those are things that I can control. And realising that and understanding that has allowed me to take far more control and independence in my life than I've ever had, which has been huge for me. It's allowed me to explore things much more. It's allowed me to know myself much better and just be happier, I guess, as well. And awareness is the key. It's not analysis or measuring or comparing with expectation or right or wrong or good and bad. That belongs to the individual. But awareness, now that belongs outside of it. And this is coming back to our being. Through awareness, we can come back to our being. After all, we can't do in the zone or do in the now. We can only be. And so it does take trust on a major, major level. And with that trust comes an understanding of the untouchable nature of self-worth. It takes, I guess, a new relationship with the unknown, which comes from unlearning who we think we are so that we too can become the unknown to live in the unknown. If everything we hold dear about who we are is somehow tied in with the way we look and how we stand against others, being right, where we've come from, what we've achieved, what we will achieve, pleasing people, all of these kind of things, then we're gonna fall out of alignment with the now and nature, which is just being what it is and doing what it does. The beauty of acceptance and awareness and being is that they cannot be trumped. Again, as we say, they're infinite qualities. You might struggle to accept something, but you can always accept that you can't accept it. You might get lost in our minds, but we can always be aware that we're lost in our minds. And we cannot help but simply be. We're always being, even if we're lost in doing. Underneath it all, we are always just being. And no matter what we think is happening, we cannot stop it. Our being and our potential, it won't let us go. The now is just the same. It won't desert us. All these things, these immense, infinite qualities of who we are, they're always at the core and as the essence of everything we are and everything around us. And they're just waiting, ready for when we feel inclined and willing enough to turn towards them. I hope in some way this has been of use to any of you that have been inquiring about the now and how to find it, how to remain in it. I'm definitely excited about making this a more regular thing, answering questions like this. So just keep them coming in. Feedback is so, so welcome, whatever it is. So let me know what's serving you, but also what's not landing so well. It's all important. 
During this little collaboration between myself and Jake and Damien, we get to go quite a lot further into a lot of what I've been talking about here, as well as so much more. It was a beautiful experience to record with these guys again. I hope you can find something in there for you too.